Welcome to the Biz Money Podcast, hosted by Lee Korn. Lee is a financial advisor and principal at Opal Wealth Advisors. Each month, Lee and his guests share their path of success and how they broke through to get to the next level. This podcast is available on our website at opalwealthadvisors.com slash bizmoney. To receive updates on new show releases, you can subscribe on our podcast page. Now, here's your host, Lee Korn. Welcome to the Biz Money Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Korn. On behalf of my colleagues here at Opal Wealth Advisors, we're excited that you're able to join us. One of the things that wasn't happening was real listening to the client and really putting the client first in terms of understanding who they are, what their aspirations were, what their fears were, and, uh, and making sure that the money served the client's purposes. Our guest today is George Kinder, founder of the Kinder Institute of Life Planning. George is internationally recognized as the father of the life planning movement. Over the past 35 years, George has trained more than 4,000 professionals globally in this field, myself included. His three books on money, which include The Seven Stages of Money Maturity, Lighting the Torch, and Life Planning for You, are considered seminal works in the field of financial life planning. George, welcome and thank you for joining us. Great to be here, Lee. Nice to see you again. So, George, we had you in our office, uh, we were just talking, over four years ago, pre-COVID, uh, and it is so great to see you again. Um, we got to, we got to see you with a live audience, thirty or forty of our clients, and I can tell you we've had lots of speakers and lots of guests in the office, and you still are rated as the best speaker. So I am uh, very happy that we can do this again. Well, it was uh, I will say it was a highlight of my of my year really being with you guys because it was so much fun. Your community, your uh, your clients were among the greatest group that I've been with. Uh, so a lot of fun, Lee. Well, I appreciate that. So, George, uh, financial planning, most people have heard of it, know what it is, but financial life planning, not so much. Maybe you could start by explaining what financial life planning is. Sometimes it's called life planning, sometimes financial life planning. The um, I, I think of it in two different ways, and I've heard it described by others in two different ways. One is that it's what needs to happen in your the advisor's relationship with a client before the financial planning begins. That's one way. And the other way is it's the whole the whole thing. It's the whole process uh, from uh, from learning who the client is, which is a lot what that initial process is, to delivering the financial plan at the end. That's great. So financial planning has been a modality for for many years. Um, why did you see the need to to take this type of approach, and and what's the story behind it? Well, I mean, I, I go back even further than you do, Lee, in the industry. And back when I when I started, it was all brokers. That's all it was. And um, and shortly after that, there began to be uh, a movement of financial planning, which was very exciting to see. And so we saw the development, the move from commissions. Uh, the other thing was the move from commissions to fees. So there were a number of things that were changing. This was in the early 80s. But one of the things that wasn't happening was real listening to the client and really putting the client first in terms of understanding who they are, what their aspirations were, what their fears were, and uh, and making sure that the money served the client's 
purposes. So that's one of the cool things that life planning does. A lot of times advisors will ask you, you know, what do you want from me? But consumers are so much driven by the news just as we are. So they've been reading about what advisors do. And, and so they, they will list those things. It, what's really cool about life planning is we seek to really deliver the clients into the life of their dreams, into who they really want to be. And this is for people rich and poor, um, you know, all, all the differences that are out there, uh, young and old. Uh, it's a great thing. Right. We've worked with so many clients and when they come in and you ask them about their goals, it goes to the traditional societal retire at 65, live off of 80% of my income. It's almost preconditioned. You know, people, people just don't even know they've read about it. Um, they've never really thought about what is it that, that I really want. Um, more importantly, it's, I guess, I guess what I've seen is, uh, to make things happen, there needs to be action. Um, and sometimes there's a world that lives between knowing and doing. I always say, uh, if you want to lose weight, you could Google it and find a million different answers. But why is it that people don't lose weight? Or why is it that people don't take the action, lower your cholesterol? Um, because there's action. And in, in order for action to happen, there needs to be motivation. Um, and I have certainly found that using this process, um, it has helped us get to the real meat of, of what, what really motivates people and, and what they're on this earth for and what they really want to do. Um, so maybe I could continue and talk about the process. Um, so, you know, the, I guess the cornerstone of the process where we start, you know, the three questions. So maybe you could just talk about the three questions and, and how you came up with those three questions. Like, where did that come from? Lee, you know, this process so well, it's wonderful listening to you speak about it. The, um, the, uh, the key here is, is what is, is what motivates, what inspires, uh, what the client really wants. And uh, so the process begins even before the three questions in a, uh, in a, you could call it active listening, but a lot of it's really quite passive. It's just listening, really listening and listening in a way to the client where they can feel your responsiveness to both the, the challenges that they've had in their life or that they do have in their life and the things that they just love to do. And so we, you know, we celebrate the things they love to do and we show that we care about the things that are challenging. So when the, the next phase of the meeting comes up, which is where these three questions arise, the client is, uh, is actually eager to talk with you. They're eager to have a methodology. So one of the things, I mean, there are a number of things, but the one that probably I'm most famous for is what are these things called the three questions. And we start with an easy one, uh, one that anyone would would probably answer, uh, because we're 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 really warming the client up to go to what is profound for them, what has the greatest level of meaning for them. So we start with, hey, if you had as much money as the used to be the Queen of England, now what are we going to say, J.K. Rowling? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk, if you have as much Michael money Jordan. as Michael Jordan, I, I just watched the movie air. We could say Michael Jordan. <laughs> Let's say it <All> right. <laughs> as Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, what, what would, what would you do? You know, a, uh, well, maybe you don't have as much money as that, but you've got all the money that you need for the rest of your life. So that's an important, uh, qualification of the question because all the money that you need for your life is going to be different for someone who's lived uh, more in uh, uh, in lower income than someone who's 
uh, kind of sailed with the, the the finest yachts in the world. So um, what is it that you what would you do if you had all the money you needed? And people talk about it. it's like winning the lottery. It's it's fun. You know, you you think about what the those extra things, what the trips will be, you know, who you'll see, what kind what your house will be like, you know, all those things. Great. Awesome. And it's so, and so, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, sorry. Um, so, you know, we've we've I feel like I've I've gone through those questions so many times. Uh, I, I guess it was profound when I did it myself. Right. They always say, uh if you're going to do it on someone, you should be willing to do it on yourself. And Laura from your organization, we were just talking about that. She was my coach and, and, uh, it was, it was, just, it was an interesting experience. You know, what I thought I wanted wasn't actually, uh, what, what we boiled it down to. Um, but the next step, uh, you know, we talk about vision, right? Painting a vision because in order, in order to take action, I always say you need a strong vision. You need something pulling you towards that, um, or someone really strong pushing you from behind, uh, which sometimes we do both of those things. Um, it, talk to me about the, the torch statement, right? Well, well the, the torch statement really comes out of the, mostly out of the, 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 the final two questions. And the, uh, so the second question is, if you only had five to 10 years left to live, what would you do? And the third question is you go to the doctor and he shocks you with the knowledge um, that in fact he's messed up and and you only have 24 hours left to live you had no idea about that before so you reflect on what you had anticipated doing what you really long to do and that's that's the most profound and the deepest question and it's out of that question primarily lee as you know that the torch comes so what we do with that is we build kind of the, the most profound, the deepest, the most passionate uh, elements of a client's, uh, of, of these three questions into what we call a torch statement, where we say, hey, you know, if as a consequence of our work together, I or we could deliver to you this, this life, how would that be? I've never had a single person turn me down. Because what we do is we deliver them into the life that they most long to live in. So no longer are they going to be driven by habit and, and conformity or what, whatever else what the world says that they should do. They're going to be pursuing who they really want to be. It's pretty incredible. It, it really is. Um, George, you might not know this, but uh, our whole process, right? We, uh, we have a process called the Opal Way. Um, it's got seven components to it, and it starts with financial life planning. Um, and th- you know, th- those questions and the torch and the vision statement, um, it is an integral part of it. Um, you know, you almost can't, you almost can't, not almost, you can't build a financial plan without knowing what someone really wants to accomplish and then get them aligned to take those actions. Yeah. How could you? Yeah. I mean, and yet, and yet, you know, they do it all the time out there. Uh, people who call themselves financial advisors do it all the time. Uh, and they're clearly really not. They're not certainly they're not fiduciary advisors. They're not putting the client first. Right. right. So, uh, absolutely. So true. Yeah. Um, so now, you, you know, we've we've elicited uh, the the true goals, what really moves someone, what they want. We've painted the vision. We've put them in the future. 
um, and gotten them comfortable sitting there. And now it's time to take action, right? And then the next part of the process, we talk about obstacles. Um, I don't know if it was Ed Jacobson, rest in peace. He, he was, um, Ed was, was an amazing teacher and, and trainer. Yeah. I, the one thing I take away from Ed, he always used to say, be, be the, uh, be the Buddha, not the Buddhist, right? Just, just be, live, live it. Um, and Ed also said that the, uh, the coach or the planner, I'm sorry, the client should do more work than the coach or the planner. Um, and that's like obstacles, really someone sitting in, okay, so you've painted this great vision, but what could go wrong? What are the things that could make this not happen? And then what could you do? Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, wonderful. One, it, it, uh, Ed's saying there is one of the the sayings that we use in life planning all the time. If the client's doing more work than you are, there's something wrong. Um, I mean, I, I mean, if you're doing more work than the right. client is, if you're if you're uh, uh, you know exhausting yourself in some way, that's not the right way. So the, we we really by the time we get to the obstacles meeting, the obstacles meeting is typically the third meeting. You can shorten these meetings, and so it could happen in the second meeting or even in the first. But typically, they go in in sequence, and it's the third meeting. And when you get to the obstacles meeting, the client is so engaged around making their life work. They're astounded that you support them in doing what they've always wanted to do. Many times, the, the goals that they have are goals, I mean, as you said, they weren't goals that you were really recognized at first, or you, maybe you knew them deep inside, but you didn't realize they weren't the ones that you spoke to. Often they're goals that weren't, aren't spoken to uh, to their spouse, to their best friends. Uh, they're, uh, they're profound. And when the client feels that they're actually going to get those, and that's the obstacles meeting starts out with, with giving them the torch again, and then saying, what could possibly get in the way? You know, you were meant for this life. What could possibly get in the way? What you discover as an advisor is often the prior two weeks, the client has been <laughs> racing through all their obstacles and making it happen already. So a lot of the obstacles have disappeared already, and they're going to tell you all about that. And then they're going to move on with um, with what they think might remain or what their game plan is. Uh, and our job becomes really listening and supporting and occasionally asking them questions such as, and what's the time frame? When are you going to do this? Uh, how are you going to do it? You know, just moving, just getting a little detail into into the obstacle frame but mostly it's just really supporting them and uh and then the next meeting of course is the financial planning meeting right moving it from the abstract or the thought to something real by by uh putting a little bit of accountability in there so yeah well you mentioned action earlier uh lee and that's what it is you're you know what that's what inspiration does for you if you're inspired about something you're going to make it happen yeah yeah there's got to be motivation uh, so beyond finances, right? So it's life planning, financial life planning. I call it financial life planning because that's the world we're in. Um, but how can someone use this in their daily lives, you know, put aside finances, beyond finances, um, to reach their highest aspirations, to create more meaning, more purpose? I've uh, worked with these questions for, gosh, certainly over 30 years, maybe 40 years. And I've made a practice in my own life to revisit them several times a year. I don't have a particular program for that. I don't have a date that I'm going to do it. You know, sometimes 
something you know that life has thrown you a, a blow that you weren't expecting and and uh and you feel like you want to revisit what your life's about what, what's meaningful for you that that'll be a time i do it or like i'm in a workshop with you guys and and everybody else is doing it and i go hey i haven't done this in a while i might as well do it and so i just pick up pull out a, a pen and and a piece of paper and do it and um as a consequence of that, I've I personally have lived a life uh, not only as a financial advisor and as a trainer of financial advisors, but I live a very active life out in the world. I'm very concerned about civilization. I've written a whole bunch of books. I've written books of poetry and photography, books of meditation, uh, books on civilization. And all of this happens because I keep going back to that well of inspiration and discovering you know, who is it that I want to be? One of the things that changed, two things really changed for me during that, uh, during all these years. One of them was out of the blue. The city of London came into my third question. Always before, it pretty much been the same answer. And suddenly I was launched. I was spending three months here in London. And I think the other, the other uh, thing that changed that was quite wonderful, I'd never really imagined having kids. And I had two just incredible daughters who are now uh, 20 years old and heading off to college. And uh, it's just been an amazing, uh, amazing life to live with them. And so many uh, different uh, aspirations came up as a consequence of that. Sure, so can. we just keep these things in front of you in front of you and your, your life will feel very rich. Yeah, I can attest. I uh, well, my, my daughter just finished her first year of college, so. I, I just uh, brought her home, but but for some reason, I don't know. Uh, she wanted more pain. She decided to take two summer classes in physics, nonetheless. So, go no figure. Time. Yeah, go figure. But uh, I, I mean, on a personal note, much of the stuff that I've accomplished over the uh, the last five years stemmed from those three questions and the answers. Some of them took a little longer, right? It was getting healthy and, and losing weight and and uh, relationships with family, relationships with my kids. Um, starting this business, you know, my partners and I starting the business, uh, a, a big part of it was to be able to deliver this type of work to our clients and to our friends and to our family. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been really, really meaningful. Um, t- taking a different, uh, a different tack for a second, um, maybe, so I've heard this story about how you got started um, and like your background. Um, it's pretty phenomenal. Maybe you could just tell our audience, our listeners, um, like your background, how you got started, how you decided, like where you started in traditional finance and how you made that transformation. Yeah, I, I, um, I'd be glad to. I don't know where, which part of the story you picked up, but I'm going to start back uh, in, in uh, uh, pr- pretty soon after college. I was, um, I was passionate about, I knew who I wanted to be even then. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be an artist, a poet, and I wanted to have a spiritual life. So I became a financial advisor, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the, the funny thing was, I, I, you know, I had no money. What am I going to do? I, I'd, uh, I graduated from Harvard, so I had the brain power and all this, but I, I didn't have resources. So I started uh, doing taxes for a living, thinking, ah. Very inspirational could- taxes, yeah. <laughs> I can do them, but I can do them three or four months out of the year, right? So, and then I could take the rest of the year and do what I really love. Well, 
you know, the wrestling, I was good at it. And so before I knew it, I didn't have a firm maybe quite as big as yours, but I was gathering people into the firm and we had lots of clients all over the place and uh, all over the world, really. And so, uh, but I, I always kept a space for that other that other world. And what I began to see was clients come in to see me who'd made, I, I, people would ask me and they'd say, why don't you do financial advice? And I go, no, no, that's not me. And then I'd see people come in as clients and they would have invested in the dumbest things, things with huge commissions. These are back in the days, I think well, well before your beginning, but back in the days that limited partnerships could have as much as 30% upfront fees and the client not be aware of any of it. And I got ticked off basically. And so I just said that nobody's going to do that to my clients. So I went and I got a degree in financial planning. I became a certified financial planner. And as I did it, I realized that the other thing that I realized was that all these clients that came in to see me, they all were kind of growing gray hair like I have. And, and, uh, and they all wanted to do something other than what they were doing. So many of them had passions that weren't being realized. And just by getting to know them, I could see that. And so right, right on the get-go, right as I started my financial planning practice, I started to work with these questions and other exercises that are also in the life planning community to feed to the clients an opportunity to um, live their aspiration. And I was determined then to make that the centerpiece of what my financial planning firm would be. So I was a financial advisor for many years and starting with taxes, but always I put the clients first. I was always doing like Yeah. One, one man's uh, one person's small inspiration as it grows and grows and grows. Reminds me of the story, totally non-related, but reminds me of the story of Memorial Day. Most people don't know how Memorial Day got started. There was a pharmacist in up, uh, upstate Waterbury who wanted to do something for the returning soldiers um, or, or the soldiers who had perished in the uh, Civil War and, and wars. So he put a yellow ribbon around a tree. Um, and he did it all in his own community. And then the following year, he got the community, uh, the follow, the, the community that was next to theirs. And then on and on and on, it grew and grew and grew and grew. You know, only did it become a national holiday, uh, you know, in the 20th century. But one person's small movement, how it's just grown and grown. I, I view that, uh, I view yourself like that. Your small, you're small, your movement, uh, in financial life planning has had, uh, has had many ripple effects, uh, on, on, Myself personally, on clients, on, on many people. So I thank you again. Um, thank you. Luke. While I have you here, I'd love to ask you about, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's your newest book. Um, you talked about it, The Golden Civilization. Um, you know, you talked about it four years ago when you were up here in the office. Maybe just give the audience a little teaser. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to give a teaser on two books, one on, on Golden Civilization, just take you to the book that I'm just completing, which is a series of five books. Oh, wow. Of of poetry and photography intermingled. Uh, and it's about living uh, 
It's like, like living like Thoreau. It's living on this pond that I live on, but living moment by moment. And you can it, it, it's uh, there's a free subscription so that you can get it in your uh, in your email every every uh, every week uh, with me reading it as well. So I'm very pleased with that. That's really I think of as my legacy. But I'm passionate about civilization. I'm starting a new book on this, Lee, that you and I can talk about at some point. But that the golden civilization was the theme I mean, it flies in the face of all that we're seeing out there. We're seeing so much polarization, so much trouble, uh, so much we can't speak to each other. And I had this notion that why, 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 is it, why not? Why, you know, don't we have everything that we need to make a golden civilization, to make a civilization that really works, certainly in America, and why not all over the world? So I um, crafted a vision of that, and I integrated it. Its, it's subtitle is "And the Map of Mindfulness." So that also has to do with you know having some spiritual element uh, to it, or some doesn't not necessary, but very very helpful. And what I did, I went on a, a world tour, and you guys were part of that. That was really cool in your office. And of course, I'm sure that you had people from all different political segments can't come into the office and we just had a conversation about what would be an inspiring civilization for america or for the world to be i i went to hong kong when they were carrying the umbrellas and i went down i was so passionate about it i was giving a workshop a financial workshop and i saw these kids through the window of the hotel that I was in. And I said, pardon me, I've got to go down and speak to them. So I left the workshop and went down to talk to them. I mean, we all know, of course, what's happened. Uh, and we're at the anniversary of Tiananmen Square, which is a, a very sad thing. But um, I'm convinced that it's time for us to deliver a golden civilization. I, what I found all over the world was people wanted the same thing not this polarization that we're seeing that seems to be driven by media and by powerful forces. People wanted kindness. They wanted competitiveness. They wanted caring communities. They wanted opportunities. They wanted no racism. They didn't want bigotry. They didn't want corruption. They wanted peace. All of us, all over the world, want the same thing. Why don't we deliver it? That's that's my thesis. It's called a golden civilization and the map of mindfulness. Thanks for it. asking. I, I love it. I think uh, I think we're all yearning for that, whether it be outwardly or secretly. And I think uh, it's been it's never been more timely to have that conversation. So so thank you for your work on that. Um, well, George, this has been awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, I've really really enjoyed it. Um, I think. Now, when, uh, when clients that are working with us, uh, they start to go through our process, they're going to go, ah, kinder. <laughs> I know where that comes from. I know the godfather. I know I know where you, you took that from. Um, so we give credit where credit is due. Um, and hopefully we can do this again soon. That would be wonderful. Thank you, right, George. Thanks. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions about financial life planning and how it might help you achieve a more fulfilling retirement, Call me at 516-388-7980 or drop me a note at lee.corn at opalwealthadvisors.com. I'd love to hear your comments and answer any questions you might have. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast by visiting opalwealthadvisors.com backslash bizmoney. That way, you'll be the first to know what's coming up in our series. Thanks again for joining us. And
We'll see you next time on Biz Money. 